Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 135. And tonight we're recapping Alice Isn't Dead, Part 3, Chapter 6, This Isn't It. Now, if you remember the last time we did an Alice Isn't Dead recap, both of us had a guess as to what was going to happen about this story that's supposedly going to be printed in the LA Times. Right. I had thought that because this story was supposed to go live in like eight more hours, something like that, that was plenty of time for something to go wrong and the story not to get released. Right. And my idea was the story would get released, but the reporter was going to paint Alice and Keisha as big old crazies and it would have blown up in their faces. And the reality is neither of those things. Nope. We were totally wrong. Yeah. So, man, the title of this episode really seems to sum it up. This was a short episode. What was this like? Maybe 15 minutes? Maybe not even that with all the ads? Yeah, once you got all the ads out, really, really short. Yeah, so it starts out with Keisha and Alice and the story's out. And Alice is pretty thrilled. She says it's got all their information. It has some connections made that even she hadn't realized was going on. So the entire world now knows or has been informed, I should say, about all the Thistlemen and serial killers living in army bases and this collusion with the government to try to cover it all up. It's all out there. It's not a hallucination. The story is actually there. Yep. And the end result is it doesn't do a damn bit of difference. Absolutely. Nobody pays any attention. They go into diners and this is when they do look like big old crazies because they're literally grabbing people and shaking them and going, why aren't you paying attention? So... Everybody seems to have all this information, and they just choose to not know it. And there was a lot of back and forth on this story with them continuing to travel and going to various places, like eastern North Carolina. I definitely perked up at that. Although, I think it sounds like uh, the places that they were going to is kind of the more squalid areas of eastern North Carolina, because she specifically said it's not the coast, but it's not the you know urban uh, research triangle park either. And I'm like, yeah, that's... That's the place where there's a lot of boarded up stores and everything's sort of like baking in the sun and not much there. Yeah, I actually noticed that they also went to Palm Springs and talking about the LA power system and everything. And I'm like, you know, I know it's totally a coincidence, but the fact that they had one of the places they went to was the state where you live and the other places was the state where I live. And I'm just like, it's a shout out. It's not a shout out, <laughs> but it could be a shout we out. We could pretend it's a shout out. Sure. And then they were just going to various other places. This was a little bit like last week in that it felt like some of these sections weren't really adding much. I mean, they talked about going to Louisville and eating at an Ethiopian restaurant that was actually very nice and seeing a farmer planting his crops in North Carolina. And just, it all comes around in the end to this idea that that all of these people do matter and that Alice and Keisha can't just give up and go find a place to live all by themselves and pretend that none of this is happening. Right. And I like what she said. She said that the people in all these places are waiting to be good and for the world to be good. And then she said that sort of making the world better She thought it was all about knowledge, but it's actually about organization because all these people, they really want to make a difference, but nobody really knows how. And so I guess that's why it's easier to just kind of like start to forget that you know what you know. It's 
pretty obvious commentary on the current political situation in the United States, I think. Yes, because there is this constant level of outrage going on in the news, and nobody really knows what they personally can do about it. I mean, the tone, the language, the decisions being made, the decisions that we don't agree with, all of this stuff. What do I do? Yeah, that's... Yeah. And, and that's that's pretty much what all the people in this episode of Alice Isn't Dead are, are either wondering or they're just not even paying attention to the fact that they have to do something. So now Keisha's realizing that she was sort of waiting on this mysterious group called Praxis to just step in and save the day once everybody's been notified. But that doesn't seem to be happening. So she and Alice are going to have to become Praxis and organize everybody. Yeah, and that was the long and the short of the whole episode was that they did this thing and it didn't work because nobody was paying attention and now they're like, okay, people do want to do good, so we are going to just have to organize ourselves and make this happen and take down the Thistleman. And I just it was a nice message. It was actually pretty cool because, you know, like I said, current political situation, it's hard to know what to do. The only thing so let's just bring it into the real world for just one second. So it is important to kind of keep doing things. And I do get to the point where I'm like, all right, it's got to be something else other than putting posts on Facebook or even putting posts on Twitter. It's certainly more than liking posts on Facebook and Twitter. So I tend to think, you know, when you get right down to it, the world runs on money, the good people, the bad people. I mean, even if you have a really good politician in office, they have to get money so they can be reelected. And so that means usually kind of getting in bed with people who in the end are going to put their own issues far forward. So I don't know. I think if you're feeling like you have to do something, you can either donate some money towards the people that you think are doing a good job or possibly go volunteer someplace with people doing a good job. And if that's like taking a case of bottled waters to a homeless shelter or, you know, I personally think that the ACLU is doing a lot of good things in a lot of good places. Like they are behind a lot of the efforts to make sure that the LGBT community does not get marginalized the way they currently seem to be marginalized. But they're also involved with this whole awfulness of trying to get kids back with their family for the immigrants coming into the country. And if you want stronger borders, I can understand you want stronger borders. I can, you know, you you definitely want people coming into this country to be following the rules and all that. I get it. But I, I do believe we do have kids in cages right now. And I think we have to do something about that. And the ACLU, they seem to be behind it. So sorry to make this a long winded commercial for the ACLU, but. If you want to make a difference, maybe go chuck a few dollars at that. And if you want to go a little bit more local, uh, any of our peeps in North Carolina, the Migrant Farm Workers Mission in Newton Grove uh, is something that helps out. And these are people who are coming in to harvest the crops, but they're here legally, but they are not citizens. That means, you know, they're getting paid above the table. Taxes are being taken out, all that. They're allowed to be here. But since they're not citizens, they can't leave the camps. And the camps are apparently really awful. So the Migrant Farm Workers Association here in North Carolina is working to just try to get stuff for them. You know, anything that they need to make it less miserable. Because, you know, if you're only going to have people who are 100% legal harvesting the crops, you can expect our food prices to go through the roof. So... 
This feels like a stopgap measure, but if you want to help people who are actually working and being here legal, that's a good one to go to as well. Yes. And you know what? If the food prices do end up going up, then we are going to have to live with that. We just, we can't have it both ways. You know, we do have a huge population of people in this country doing the jobs that other people don't want to do or, you know, would ask for more money. And if you think that's not fair, that is, that is perfectly fine. If you think, you know, oh, they're being paid less money and it should go to Americans, that's fine. But that means more money is going to go into getting that stuff done and your food prices will go up and then you can't really scream about that later on. So you have to decide what's important for you. If you really do want Americans to get the jobs, awesome. The average American is going to ask for more money than a lot of these poor migrant workers are currently asking for. So you know you gotta gotta kind of look at the whole big picture and everything. So yeah. So sorry about the little uh, digression. We just try to bring it into yeah. the real world just a little bit. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's important. You kind of want to feel like you're making a difference and everything, but it's really hard to figure out where the hell that is. Also, in November, go out and vote. I'm speaking to everybody. I don't care what political side you're on. Just don't feel like with the current political situation, your vote doesn't count because I kind of think that happens a lot. So no matter who you support, what side of the divide that you're on, go out and vote. If you've never voted before, it's okay. There's a lot of us who really didn't vote until we were in our 30s and we're in our 40s now. So pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But you know, um, just it actually does feel like you're making a difference when you vote so sorry this all sounds like one big boring psa so we'll yes, get back well, into the nerd knowledge soon probably the most important thing is please don't pay attention to who the media says is winning i just i mean listen to yeah. what the media is saying that the politicians are doing but i do think there was a lot of damage done by the media saying one person was going to win when they weren't so yeah and as somebody who works in the media yeah our organization was as guilty Guilty of that is anybody else. Like, I think, I work for the media. I don't think we're putting out fake news. I don't. But, you know, I am working for the media, so fine. Take it with a grain of salt. But our organization absolutely said they knew who was going to win, and they were wrong. So, yes, I think you're absolutely right on that one. Don't listen, because I think that causes people to not vote. Either they give up in despair, or they decide that it's already in the bag. But no, just yeah. whatever. But vote, please. So back to nerd knowledge. So <laughs> we ended the episode with an ad for the Sleep With Me podcast. And you had asked me if I have listened to an episode yet. Right. Yes. Have you? Well, I started to one evening and it starts out and it's the same gentleman who does the ads whose voice I'm not necessarily a fan of. And then I was looking at the description as he was talking. <laughs> and he says, you know, there's going to be a story in this podcast, these things going on. And you look in the description, the story starts. Now, this is an hour long podcast. The story starts at minute 21 minutes and 21 seconds. And I shut it off. <laughs> I was Are like, you kidding me? No. Yeah, I don't. He's going to just ramble him some rambles for 20 minutes and then he'll get into the story. And I'm like, I guess that's all part of the process of trying to help you sleep, I suppose. But I don't I don't think it's a good business model to say, this is a podcast that's so boring, you'll get sleepy. I'm like, I personally think there's a difference between boring and soothing, but I don't know. And his voice is not soothing, not in the trailers that they've had running for this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it another shot at some point. But, you know, it says the story starts at 2120. If you skip the intro, please become a patron or support a sponsor. So I know there's going to be some ads in that 20 minutes and 20 seconds. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe they change it in later episodes. That was just the first episode. 
I'll try again at some point. That that's the reason why I haven't listened to that. <laughs> okay. Well, you're taking one for the team then, because now I'm even less interested. Yeah. So, anything else in the nerd world going on for you? I I've finished one more novel, uh, Six Wakes, the Hugo nominated uh, novels. So I have one more novella and one more novel, and then I will have finished all of the main fiction novels, novellas, uh, short stories, and novelettes. Um, and I think I'll have done it early, so I might be tackling graphic novels next. Ooh, nice. Very good. I can't wait to see that. So for me, I actually got to go up this past weekend to visit Leland from the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast and his friends Don and Lauren, and they live up in Burbank. And Leland works at the House of Secrets comic shop in Burbank. And we just had a really fun weekend just hanging around, visited all these little shops on Magnolia Street in Burbank, and just, you know, it was very relaxing. It was hot. It was like the day before I got there, it hit 115 degrees. Holy cow. Yeah. But one of the things, Don and Lauren and Leland have all been a little appalled at me for the fact that I have never watched any episodes of Rick and Morty. Have you watched any Rick and Morty? I have not. The first time it got into my consciousness was that whole... Szechuan sauce thing, I think, that hit the oh, news. Yeah. I mean, and as soon as I saw that, it was like getting overloaded with the hype. And I was like, well, now I'm not interested at all. Thanks. I I finally watched it with them. We watched three episodes back to back. And I do think it's awfully fun. Now, they're Every once in a while, like in the third episode, I picked up a real Family Guy vibe, which you and I are not fans of Family Guy. But it's balanced out by this incredible like meta commentary on sci-fi tropes and just really interesting things that are going on and in the second episode i'm not kidding they combine nightmare and elm street with inception (laughs) wow it makes you wonder why nobody ever thought to do that before you know it's just pretty uh, amazing concept it's actually a very intelligent show and then there's these little throwaway bits like we're watching the first episode and they're running through this kind of interdimensional airport of sorts and there's so much going on in the background, I actually had to make them pause it and rewind it and start over again. And just little quick things go on with the animation, and it's funny, and it's weird. It's definitely, I can see now where the hype came from. Okay, well, you're the first person that I've talked to who's actually seen some episodes. Somehow it's been completely outside of my circle of friends, or they picked up that I wasn't interested and they weren't talking about it. So yeah, I think I may have to give this a try now. So you posted a review of the latest Lost Light, and we've only got, what, four more of those, or or five? I think six. Six more Six, because that was, yeah, that was issue 19, and we're going to go to 25. I've been following Alex Milne's uh, Twitter feed, and he keeps posting little hints, like, oh, I just drew the last scene of someone who went out as a hero. I'm like, what? No, who's dying? And he's doing the Unicron book, and the Unicron book hasn't even started yet. Did you ever read the Free Comic Book Day Unicron issue? No, I didn't. I somehow managed to miss that completely. Yeah, it's good, and he drew it, and it's definitely a good setup for what's about to happen. Also sets up how the alternate timeline works, because this is not pulling from, I believe, either the 80s version of Unicron that was in the comics briefly. And it's not pulling from the movie either. This is a whole new timeline when it comes to Unicron being introduced to our world. And boy, you know, I think the story is going to be good. 
Oh my God, Alex Milne, I just love your art so much. And it's so neat to see a whole book full of it. <sighs> I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also a little trepidation here because it is going to be ending the whole timeline so yeah and now I just I'm kind of curious as to like I'm not reading the Optimus Prime book anymore and I don't know I mean the story's getting really convoluted and I feel like James Roberts he's partly giving a little present to all the real long-term readers but it almost sometimes feels like a punishment for anybody who doesn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the comic. Because I'll tell you right now, stuff happens, even in the Lost Light book, stuff's going on that I'm like, I don't know what he's pulling from, you know? I just want to know what the hell's going to happen with the getaway storyline. I need to have that confrontation happen, and it needs to happen now. It really does, because he's been sort of skating away from his comeuppance for a long time now. Yeah, so that'll be... So I guess what they're going to do is the Lost Light book is technically going to wrap up in a way that's separate from the Unicorn book? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of delays in printing. I kind of think Lost Light, a few months ago, they thought it would be done by now. So I don't know what's going on with the timeline. It's going to be interesting, whatever happens. But I think it's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all of the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the photo galleries. Oh, we're a week and a half away from Comic-Con. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, and we will have all the the PR stories that we can put on the site ahead of time. So if you want lists of what particular comic book publishers' schedules are, or what exclusives they're bringing, or what announcements have come out, and who is and is not going to be on which panels, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com, and then we will post as many photo galleries as we can. And I guess other than that, by next week, we still won't have a Night Vale episode. So no. I'm sure we'll figure out something to talk about. Yep, I'm sure something will be going on in the Nerdosphere. Or, I don't know, maybe I'll finally catch up on watching the third and fourth season of Black Mirror and we can have another discussion with Hannah about that. Ooh, I like that. That sounds like a plan. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.